Welcome to the 10 Minute Life Lesson Podcast. I'm Jay Cleveland Payne. When this timer hits 9 minutes and 55 seconds in this recording, you'll have a fully developed life lesson that you can take with you and begin immediately implementing. The podcast falls under the umbrella of my greater personal development efforts, all under the Your Better You brand. For information on accountability coaching or to gain access to tools, tricks, or life hacks, visit yourbetteryou.info. Thank you for joining me on the journey today. Now, here is this week's life lesson. Trickle-down economics was a concept that I believe originated or was popularized in the 80s around the Reagan era times, uh, though it may have been something that was much earlier. I'm only in my middle 40s, so I remember Reagan as a president not much earlier. And trickle-down economics was a concept where if the people at the top had more money and more control of their money, the benefits would trickle down to other folks. Essentially, people would a lot of money would spend more money on things that were maybe frivolous or just maybe just things that meant more manufacturing and more people had to build them. And in that sense, the more money they spent, more money that went to other people who could do more fringer things as opposed to just showing up, punching a clock to work for government. If you people wanted more yachts, for example, the yacht companies would make more money because they'd have more money coming in for the building and they can hire more people to build more yachts as opposed to if the trickle down economics didn't work or people at the top who could afford yachts didn't want yachts there's less people to build yachts that's how the trickle down part works out it's a fairly simple concept where if you build an industry in a town all the accoutrements that the people who work in that industry will need to happen had to have to happen will make a difference think about military towns if you will big military towns make a lot of money off of the life of the people live there. If they have families, they build schools, they'll build stores, they'll build things to take care of families. So there's whole housing for the families there as well. They have to work all day and they're tired and they want to take care of themselves when they're off work. So there are restaurants, there are gyms, there are hospitals for just the people who are working and living there. It's a trickle down from the people that are building the things to spending their money to other people to take care of things so that they have more growing there. This is not a podcast about economics. This is a podcast about personal development, although economics and having more money is a part of it. That's not the point of today. And that was a long introduction to talk about trickle-down economics. The big sort of snafu in that is a lot of people don't believe it works. Oftentimes, when you give people with a lot of money breaks so they can hold on to more of their money, they basically hold on to more of their money or they buy up stuff that is more or less just assets that sit in weight as opposed to turn into liquid that that tr- actually trickles down to help anyone below. One trickle down concept that pretty much always works, though, whether you want it to or not, whether you try to keep it away from not, because trust me, I'm a person who actually does this more often than I should admit, more often than I want to admit, but I have to is something I call trickle-down misery. And it's not because it's necessarily anything that's conceptual, wild and new. It's just the easiest way to describe it based on the other type of trickle-down theory, economics. I work in business and and work about a lot of business terminology, so it's an easy, simple explanation because it basically works the same way. person with more misery will tend to spread it around to other folks and it trickles down into all the lives of persons there contrast you can call trickle down joy if you want to people that are happy all the time tend to share it all the time and people around them tend to get a boost of something from that so mostly it is more joy sometimes it's just a calming effect and for some people who just can't stand people who are happy yes often that will just make them more miserable but trickle down misery is a constant whereas as you send your misery down throughout the waves 
pretty much everybody around you gets a bit of sadness from it. There is no weird adverse effect from misery that makes people happy. You being miserable either reinforces someone else's miserableness or adds to someone's life that was not so bad is now feeling much worse. Trigonal misery is something that I say I suffer from, but it's actually I produce a lot more of than I want to admit. It's 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 just who I am. When I get into weird states and funks where I just don't want to be bothered, it's one thing to say I don't want to be bothered and kind of to isolate myself from the world around me so that I'm not being infectious in my misery. The problem is anytime someone gets around you, they can feel it. They get a sense of it. And no matter how much they love and care for you personally, your misery, your unhappiness, your sadness gets to them. And some of the people who can understand you and kind of get to you may do a little bit to help raise up that misery or raise up that joy and, 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 and take care of some of that misery, which is great. But what it really does is oftentimes just makes them really, really sad, makes them feel bad and makes them feel kind of depressed in your presence. And they take that away from where they are to other people in certain senses, unless they can sort of delay it. Now, the problem with the trickle-down misery theory is that it's literally impossible to not add any misery to anybody else. And it, misery just – some for some people, they can manage it. For other people, they carry a little bit of it and they spread just enough of it to keep things going. And while I am no way saying that you have to be in the joy state all the time, there are plenty of times when you deserve to be just as miserable and horribly feeling as anyone else out there, the trickle-down misery effect is a serious thing to look out for. Now, if you're a person who tends to share your misery with the world, here are a couple things you can do to not share it as strongly as others. Because as I said, you may be miserable for, for a real serious reason. You may have to have some time to work something through. Or you may just be sort of just feeling like having a bad day and you just want to have that bad day because you think you've earned it. And that can be fine. But you don't have the right to cause other people's bad days or just inflict just general sadness on folks just because. So the first thing you can do is not isolate yourself. That's number one. Don't lock yourself in a tower so that you can be uh, away from all people and all emotions because just that act right there, locking yourself away from people who care about you or just sort of need you around to do stuff, affects them. Number one, they can't get stuff done, which causes misery for one end. And number two, they worry about you, which causes misery on that end as well. They don't know what it is the problem is going on, whether they can fix it, they can't fix it, or whether you're going to just kind of blow up and just go away. Without that knowledge, with all that big open in the, uh, not space out there on what you're going to do, it's really hard for them to go forward with what they need to do, whether it literally is employment, they need a signature and they don't know how to approach you, or if it's just you know relational or friendship stuff where they like to hang out, like to do something, but they don't know where you're going with it. So number one is do not isolate yourself and hold away until the misery is gone because chances are that's going to make that misery stick around much longer. The second thing you need to do is try to explain away or explain, not so much away, but explain the situation without having to go into deep detail because going into deep detail means rehashing the situation. And if the person that you're going into detail with it's not their business or they don't know how to cope with it or they may take it a bit too literal and think it is their their fault could cause issues on that end as well. So if you're not feeling good, tell people that you don't feel good and just sort of give them an explanation that they can take in and just kind of shoot for the best. 
Uh, one of the reasons why I have my my misery index going high at the moment is that I have a very difficult time personally uh, between the beginning of September and the beginning of October, starting from like September the 11th and ending on October the 8th. There are distinct dates in that because of situations in life and three pillars where I have to pass through and they end on October the 8th. This podcast is not the place to explain this, but people who actually know me know exactly what I'm talking about. And so they understand what's going on. In other cases, I just sort of explain things aren't so great right now or not feeling so great or, you know, just having a bad little week. So working things through and that's fine. It's not necessarily anyone's business what your misery point pain point is, but it is sort of people's business who need you to help get things done to know that you're not just being a jerk to be a jerk. And if you're just being a jerk to be a jerk, that's a whole other issue. And that sometimes is actually allowable. That's like I say, another lesson for the day. And the final thing very quickly is you just do your best to not be so miserable. Sometimes life deals you a very hard hand to just work through and you don't have any choice but to play that hand. You can only play the hand you're given. Anything else is cheating. So pulling aces out of your sleeve or looking over to try to get some uh, on other people's cards, it's not going to make it any better. If you have a crappy hand that you know is going to lose, you may just have to play it out and and keep your bets low so that you have more cash to play in later hands and build it back up. So very quickly to kind of keep your misery index from really basically becoming a real trickle down misery issue. Number one is don't lock yourself away from the world and wait for the misery to go away because that's the wave to basically make sure your misery stays much longer. Number two. Have some sort of explanation to tell people the full explanations for folks that you love and care about. Easy, simple explanations for folks that are just acquaintances, just need to know why you might be kind of grouchy. But have some sort of thing to kind of let them know what's going on and so they know how to temper things and work with things. And finally, do what you can to eliminate as much of the pain and suffering as possible so you're not inflicting extra on other people. Yes, I know when you're miserable, it's kind of hard to say don't be miserable. But that's sort of kicker. When you're in a real serious misery funk, the best thing to do is to work through it as quickly as possible because it's not other people's fault, but it can turn to other people's serious problems if not handled properly. Thank you for joining for this week's podcast. Thank you for joining for this week's really, really interesting episode, and it is Based on literally the the timing of being recorded right now, the whole misery, trickle-down misery index, that thing is something that I truly do do, and I do it every single year for about 30 or so days from September 11th to October the 8th. Every year I'm in a, a weird funk from that point in time because of things in life. If you want to discuss that, we can do that offline sometime. But there are pain points inside that window of time that – always put me in a foul mood and basically the only way to get through it is to get past those those things and because of that this time every year as i'm recording this not sure when you'll actually hear this down the line but as i record this i'm still at the tail end of that window i have to kind of work things through and not be a jerk and and, and do extra nice things for folks so that it, it it basically negates a lot of things going on so hopefully you enjoyed or you got something out of that lesson. I'm not sure you can enjoy a lesson like that. Uh, and hopefully you are enjoying what the work we're doing here as well. 
if the lessons and the stories I'm telling to get the lessons are a little long for you, but you do appreciate what you're getting, I have another offering for you. It's called Steps to Your Better You. And this podcast is a, what, what I guess basically the industry would call a micro podcast. It is literally 90 seconds of content. That's it. It's start. It's finish. It's a lesson. You can take that with you and really take it and inject it quickly into your life as opposed to this one where it takes a full 10 minutes to get to the end of it. There's also no sales pitch at the end, just like this one is pitching you now. So there's that as well. More information about both of those, that both this one right here, 10 minute life lesson and steps to your better you at your better you.info. Also at your better you.info are links to uh, places where you can find help and help is from me and some folks that I have attached to help all of us. We all sort of do a, a personal development coaching sort of circle around ourselves. So if you're looking for just someone to be accountable to, we can do simple accountability coaching. That's as simple as a checklist and saying, did you do this stuff? We can do more deeper coaching. I am not a psychiatrist. I'm not a a psychologist. I am not a licensed counselor. I am a simple coach. I can help you go through stuff back and forth and we can talk things out, work things through and see how they go on. We are also going to have a new program. We are having a, a one last go round for what I call Better You in 52. It's a cohort uh, situation where we get people and they go through a year long process of asking questions of themselves and the others and as group coaching. We're going to a more, uh, more subscription base, if you will. Uh, based on uh, coaching coming up very soon, but we're launching one more cohort for Better Union 52 before the year is over and we launched a brand new system. So if you want to jump into that one, go ahead and go to the website and look for more information. If you want to wait for the other one, information is coming very soon on how that's going to run. Check out yourbetteryou.info for that as well. Email me at yourbetteryouinfo at gmail.com. And you can reach out for more things that I have going on, my larger creative stuff at jclevelandpain.net. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes and share the podcast with as many people as you can, many people looking for personal development improvement because it is a worldwide thing. It is a group thing. I like to think there is a trickle-down personal development index where if you get better, more people get better. That's what I like to believe. In some cases, you find as you get better, some people shy away from you that's an unfortunate thing but if you're looking for more people to kind of fill those gaps you can um, share this podcast with people who are like-minded you'll find more people in our community and be a part of the community as well in the meantime thank you so much for joining me for this podcast for this week we'll have more of these things coming down the line in succession we do our best to keep it going and next week will be another great edition of the 10-minute life lesson podcast brought to you by yourbitu.info